Hello everyone, welcome to another exciting episode of the Jacks of All Fandoms podcast. I'm the Average Joe, I'm here with my best friend and partner in crime, Nick by Night. Hello, hello, hello. Uh, we are here today to talk about the future of Marvel television, specifically all the series that have been announced for Disney+. And we have a lot to say about each of them, so let's not waste any time. Let's start with the first one, the one that's currently airing, WandaVision. That kind of came out of nowhere, and I was not expecting it to be as good as it was. Same. <laughs> it's just, it, it's crazy. Like, from the first one, actually, a, a friend of mine specifically told me that he only watched the first episode, and he just did not, uh, like, he just thought it was too slow-paced, he didn't really like it, and I'm like, I knew something in the back of my mind. I also thought this as well, but I knew in the back of my mind that m there was more to this. And sure enough, by, like, episode three, things got really interesting. I will say, I'm currently watching through WandaVision with my parents. They're a bit older, and they don't have the same exposure to comics as someone like you or I do. Um, the the only films that my parents have seen at the MCU are the first Iron Man film and the first Hulk film. And then parts of a couple other films like Captain America and Thor Ragnarok. Alright, Thor Ragnarok's a... Yeah. Thor Ragnarok's funny, I really like it. Like, that definitely is a showcase of Marvel's humor. <laughs> But uh, my parents got hooked on WandaVision because they were interested by by the classic TV tropes. So this is going through era by era, and this is all stuff that they remember from their childhood. The I Love Lucy bit, the Sabrina the Witch bit. That That's just all stuff that gets them invested in the plot. And it, they do seem to be kind of interested in how the story's going with Scarlet Witch and Vision, so this might be a great motivation for them to finish the rest of the MCU as well. Indeed, something uh, very interesting. Do, do we want to talk spoilers? Do we want to discuss a few things uh, that happened? Uh, how, what are the odds that the people in our audience have actually seen it? Uh, I mean, I'd say that most of the people who watch your stuff are comic fans. So. That's probably true. I mean, probably most of the people who came in from my channel came in from My Hero Academia and Star Wars, but... Eh, true, true enough, but I'd say people who are fan, like I mean, you and I are both well, I okay. I, I'm trying to get into My Hero Academia, but and we're both fan. We're both Star Wars fans. So. I'm caught up all the way to the current manga. He's up to the sports festival. Yeah, I I, I, I will do it. I, I promise. I I am invested. I just haven't had time. Nobody in the comments spoil him. Okay, we okay. How about we just do like a spoiler warning? Three, two, one. Let's discuss some spoilers. Spoiler alert! There's a person named Vision in it, and a person named Blonda. <gasps> Show ruined! <laughs> okay, the latest episode in particular, where uh, they actually got in the old actor to play Quicksilver, who was in the X-Men movies. Yeah. I think at the it was like the end of episode five he was introduced. Mm -hmm. And I think this was a bait-and-switch for the audience. I don't think that's actually him from another universe, even though this is supposed to supposedly connect to the Doctor Strange movie that's coming out. The Multiverse, Mult yep. multiverse of Madness. Yes, Multiverse of Madness. And uh, I think that this isn't actually part of that. I think that this Quicksilver is not actually him, and because she does specifically have a line, how come you don't look the same as you did last time, and uh, he specifically says the line, I wouldn't want to face the past either. Mm. So what I personally think is happening is that he's not real at all, like the children. I think he is a personal manifestation of her conscience. Because of all the stuff that he says, you know, like, oh, uh, these people are, I mean, uh, these kids have probably just been in their houses this entire time. You had to let him out, right? Because it was the Halloween special. So I'm like, so he knows that not, like, maybe this is like his her subconscious, because she doesn't entirely know how she did this. 
and she doesn't entirely know, like, I guess the full consequences, which is why I thought the fake commercial in the middle was so brilliant. Yo, magic, the yogurt thing, and that the kid on the desert island is physically unable to open the yogurt and just dies of starvation. That's what I think that represents, all the people who are just slowly starving to death because she's controlling them like puppets and not realizing that they need to eat. Yeah. I will say, I think it would be kind of interesting if, in her power as it's developing, she accidentally opened a portal, brought him over, and then rewrote his memories to match hers. Oh, that could also work. Yeah, and maybe at the last episode, when he wakes up and remembers, he's like, Oh my god! Where's Magneto? Who's Magneto? He's our dad! We have a... What? And then that is how we get the explanation of the X-Men integrated into the MCU. And then we get them brought in proper when Doctor Strange crosses over. Exactly. I like that. Because it would be way too confusing to do a World War II era Magneto in this universe. Because, let's face it, it's World War II. So he'd be like 90 years old. He'd probably be dead. Or dead, yeah. I mean, I don't know. You think the mutant ability would, keep, would well, probably, probably keep him living longer? I'd say that. I mean, I think they do specifically say that Magneto's older than Charles. So that's that's definitely a thing. And I just, I, I like WandaVision, and I like how it's how it's going. So, I'm curious to see how it's going to... I think there's... I think Mephisto's involved somehow. Probably. Because... I think the Agnes thing is a bait-and-switch Yeah, it could as be. Well. Because she genuinely seemed to not know what was going on last week. But I definitely... Again, back to the uh, fake commercial, because that's what they do. They put fake commercials in the middle of, of the show. Pr uh, area... Uh, Era-appropriate commercials. And they all connect to things in Wanda's past so far. Like, there was the, what is it, the Hydra made the, what was it, a toaster? Oh, it was Stark right? Industries that made the toaster. Oh, okay. Because remember, she was trapped under the rubble with Pietro waiting for that bomb to go off, and the way that housewife flinches when the toast finally pops. Like, that must have been, uh, obviously, a direct thing for that. And uh, Strucker, the Strucker watch, Baron Von Strucker gave them their powers. And then, the, the, I think it was, what well, was it, a paper towel commercial when Vision realized something was going on? Uh, something brand paper towels. Cleaning up the huge mess you made. <laughs> like, some of them are more on the nose than others. Mm -hmm. So, I definitely cannot wait to see where this show is going. I'm pretty sure, at the time we're recording this, the next episode is going to be tomorrow. And I think it's... Oh, right. And uh, I think they're going to do Modern Family, because they're going through the eras. The last episode took place in the 70s, right? Uh, no, it was like the 90s. It was like Malcolm in the Middle. So we kind of skipped over a little bit there. Yeah, I think the 80s was, was this very special episode where the dog died. And the theory oh, is... Oh, that's right. And that makes the, sense. And the theory is that... like That was like the Full House uh, type era. And I think the uh, I think the dog wasn't didn't eat something poisonous and die, like they said. I think Wanda redirected the missile that was fired at them. And this is her way of coping with that. that that's my theory, anyway. Because I know the kids... Clearly, Vision falls apart after he leaves the little portal area. So I doubt the kids are going to exist when they leave, either. <laughs> Maybe that's what Doctor Strange is there for. That's true. I mean, that is... Technically, it was a retcon, but that is part of canon, that her twins were just a manifestation of her powers, and she didn't realize it. Because, well, Vision's a robot. They can't really have kids. <laughs> I, I guess you kind of could make the argument. I mean, they just need to make the baby-making technology from the Andro Stark storyline. Oh, yeah, the Andro Stark st Oh, yeah, the thing that they brought back in the comics because of Stark 2021, and uh, it just sucks now. <laughs> <laughs> it 
It's just really bad. I really don't like current Marvel. Fair enough. At least Life Story was good. Oh, yeah, Life Story was great. I love that. That was one of the few amazing things. And I heard Immortal Hulk is also really good. I just haven't read it. And Savage Avengers. Those are like the three things. I heard the Vision story from the guy who ruined DC was good. Yeah, Tom King's Vision was actually okay, as I recall. Actually, that's kind of what part of it's based on. That's why the dog's name was Sparky. Oh. Uh, I'm not really sure what else to say about WandaVision. I think it's good. I think it's interesting. I don't really know where they're going to go with the mystery. I mean, we have a few clues, but I don't know which one they're actually going to go with. Yep, all we know is basically the end point, which is going to be uh, the second Stephen Strange movie. Right. And who knows when that's actually coming out. Yeah, it's not on the list. (laughs) (laughs) And then we have a making of WandaVision, which is just kind of whatever... It's a little documentary, I guess. And yeah, then, behind the scenes might be interesting, but like that's like a that's DVD true. collector thing. Like, but then we get to Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Um, thoughts, I guess. Well, I like that. Okay, here's the thing: Baron Zemo might have been one of my least favorite villains in in these MCU movies. He 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 was more of a plot device than an actual villain, in my opinion. He got the plot moving, of course, and he's probably one of the only villains, except arguably Loki, whose plan actually succeeded. But uh, he he was just kind of one note and bland. But I, I am excited that they're actually going to give him his mask. That was like the one that like yeah. Baron Zemo has a very iconic mask, and the fact that they didn't use it was kind of. There's certain things that can always be pushed and pulled from the comics. Out of curiosity. Have you heard the idea that Thanos' weapon in Endgame is based off of the blades on the Thanos copter? That is hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yes, the double blade! It's Oh my god, that makes so much sense! How have I not seen that before? That is hilarious! Oh my god, I didn't even think of that before now. (laughs) Mind blown. Okay, so back to Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Um, I, I remember seeing the trailer. I thought, okay, it, this will be okay, I guess. Yeah, that's pretty much my thoughts, too. It's just, uh, looks like it's going to be a fun action movie, but then again, the trailer for WandaVision didn't really let us know what we were in store for, and that turned out good, so who knows? I don't know if we can actually get Spider-Man into this. I just want to have a scene of Falcon and the Soldier bullying him. Just, you know, we've had this feud going on between... What is it? Anthony, Pete, Tom, and what's Bucky's name? Ah, uh, Sebastian. Yeah, Sebastian. So Anthony and Sebastian have the thing where where they're bullying Tom Holland all the time, and maybe not so much anymore because nobody can see anybody these days. But I I just think that'd be a great reference. And I love how like the entire thing is just the joke of that Spider Man beat both of them in Civil War, <laughs> and, and that's just where the jokes come. I mean, the the MCU actors they always like to, to just josh around with each other. That's just kind of. I, I mean, they all josh around, but like what these two guys are doing, they'll just walk into interviews where Tom is there. Like, get out of here, Tom! No one likes you. <laughs> Nobody likes him, guys. Here's him with his stupid entourages and his stupid hair. <laughs> Like, jeez, I was man. about to say, like, clearly it's not an actual exactly. feud. Clearly they legitimately like each other. It's just... Yeah, the actual feud lies with uh, Captain Marvel and Thor. Yeah. Yeah. Because the less I say about Brie Larson, the better. <laughs> I'll drink to that. I will also drink to that. But it, maybe it's... It, from, from from the trailer, it kind of looks like it's going to be like a buddy cop movie, where they're basically like... They're, they're 
they're opposites. They they butt heads, but together they they overcome. So that's pretty much what I think is going to be it. Like, I mean, this honestly sounds like the premise of like a two thousands buddy buddy cop movie. Uh, two ex military. One has a cybernetic arm. The other has wings. How are they going to stop this crazy situation with a dude with a purple mask? I wonder if they're going to keep the thing in the comics where the reason he wears the mask all the time is because he accidentally super glued it to his face. <laughs> that I was about to say, I'm making it sound funnier than it is, but the actual reason is that he made a super adhesive that explodes in his face so he can never take the mask off. <laughs> that is the actual reason he has the mask on all the time. I did not know that. I was about to say, if they did that, I will I will give them props. I will, like, yes, you actually had this moron super gluing this purple mask to his face. Uh, that's good. And I, I did like the one joke at the end. Something that should have been said uh, is that at the very end of the trailer, when they're just kind of glaring at each other, and I guess they're commanding officer? I guess who, who the lady at the desk was? She's yeah. just like, oh, come on, boys. How old are you? I kind of wanted so bad Bucky to turn to her and said, you don't want me to answer that question. <laughs> Either that or he just answers honestly. How old would he even be at this point? I mean, because I think the Russian... or Was it Hydra or Russians? I don't remember. I think it was Hydra. Yeah. Yeah, it was Hydra. It was Russians in the comics. It's Hydra mm -hmm. in, in the movies. Uh, they basically, they found him, they put the arm on him, and they froze him periodically and then unfroze him to do, like, assassinations. So, I don't know, is he technically older than Steve? Because he was frozen less time, but he was frozen less periodically, too. So I don't... Well, that could be an honest question. If, if she asks, how old are you guys? She's like, uh, do you mean biologically or how long I've lived? Because there's a... Yeah, because there's a big difference, because we don't know how... I was born a hundred years ago, ma'am. <laughs> well, I've been periodically frozen to assassinate people. It's a whole thing. <laughs> you ever hear of the Kennedy murders? Yeah! <laughs> and he's just like... He's, he's just like pointing his finger up to, on top of his head like... <laughs> I'm just thinking about that, because I just watched an episode of Umbrella Academy... I'm watching through the first season. Uh, have you seen it? I, I've seen the first few episodes. Like, okay. I, I just, I haven't been, again, that's another show that I said <laughs> I would watch. I got to about the point where, spoiler alert, uh, they quote-unquote kill the mother droid just out mm. of mercy. That's about where I was at. And it turns out that the talking chimpanzee is, no, he knows something that he's not letting on. That's pretty much as far as I am. Oh, did I just tell you something that you haven't seen yet? Uh, no. Okay, good, good. No, I'm up to episode... I'm, like, halfway through episode five. Okay, good, because I figured that was early on, so I figured that... Yeah. In the, in the recent episode, Five is talking about all the stuff he did while he was on his time-traveling Oh, I did phase. watch that! I was about to say, I did watch that one, where he yeah. basically falls in love with a, with a, with a, with a store mannequin, because mm -hmm. he's just the only person on Earth, and the time-travel shenanigans prevent him from aging, and he's just going crazy. And that's actually, like, really good drama. I actually really like the ideas behind this. Well, they they reveal... Uh, do you mind if I spoil... Okay, spoil uh, something small. Okay. That's fine. Okay. So, the, so the, after he had been living there for a few decades, he got picked up by this place where they're... It's this organization that tries to stop anything that threatens the way that the time... Oh, the time is, works. That the, is that the, the, the people with the, with the animal masks? Mm -hmm. I was about to say. Okay, so that's... Okay. Yeah, uh, the... They reveal that his mission, his last mission he did with them, he was supposed to kill John F. Kennedy. And he didn't, and someone else did it anyway. Which I just think is funny. Yeah, it's just that they got what they wanted anyway. It's just... 
So the, 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 that's an entire thing what mm -hmm. people joke about like the different Kennedy assassinations nothing bad ever happened to the Kennedys <laughs> oh god clone eye <laughs> that's something I gotta tell you about at some, in a future podcast <laughs> uh, I just know the memes oh look your funny, funny words, words magic, magic man, man. <laughs> <laughs> alright so are we, we done with Falcon and the Winter Soldier I think so alright I like how most of it wasn't even Falcon and the Winter Soldier we just talked about other stuff <laughs> Well, to continue that trend, I noticed that Falcon and the Winter Soldier is only six episodes. Clearly, they aren't as confident with it as they were with WandaVision. Either that, or they just didn't have as much of interesting content to work with. Or they're, or they're longer episodes. I mean, they did say that the last couple episodes of WandaVision are going to be like 40 minutes. Oh, jeez. Okay, yeah. that's going to be long. So, the Black Widow movie, that's been... Well, we were supposed to get that before the pandemic started. <laughs> I'll be honest, I have, I have no thoughts on Black Widow. I don't... I didn't really think the trailer was all that special. I didn't really think it was going to be all that great. I thought that it could it had the potential to surprise me. So yeah. that's why I, I know it's supposed to be I, I, what is it set between uh Civil War and uh the Snap? I, I believe that. Yeah. It's like the intermediate time between Civil War and the Snap when everybody was on the run, right? Mhm. Mm so I feel like Black Widow going back to Russia, meeting her old stuff and trying to dismantle the Red Room uh is pretty interesting. Yeah. And uh, the Red Guardian, who's supposed to be the Captain America equivalent, I feel like, you know, he, he, him being a more jokey Russian Captain America, and then them kind of being like some sort of twisted family, I actually kind of like the idea of that. That's fair. Just just looking at the trailer just looked very boring and by the numbers. The one thing I don't like is Taskmaster's design. Fair. Taskmaster is one of the coolest bad guys in Marvel canon, and, you know, with the skull face, and his... Like, uh, we should probably just talk about Taskmaster, because at least this one is somewhat related to what we're talking about. True. Taskmaster, a.k.a. Anthony Masters, is... Yes, his real name is Tony Masters. <laughs> is, uh... He, basically, he, he got this failed version of the Super Soldier Serum that enhanced his uh, physical thing. Everybody has a dollar store version of the Super Soldier Serum in these comics. I mean, Black even the Hulk got his start as maybe a dollar store Super Soldier yeah, that's basically what the the original implication was, definitely. And uh, Black Widow has one, at least in the comics. Uh, just a uh, Red Guardian is the Russian equivalent of Captain America, and but he did have this power. I guess they never explained if it's mutant or he's just like some sort of savant. But even when he was a kid, he had this power to copy people's actions just by looking at them. So that's how he can copy fighting moves. And something that's kind of hilarious, he could have not actually become the awesome assassin that we know him as because he was five years old at a community pool and he watched somebody do an awesome dive off the high dive. And at five years old, he replicated the thing. However, he never learned how to swim. So when he hit oh. the water, yeah, he had to get saved by the lifeguard. <laughs> this is a real thing that happened in this character's backstory and I love huh. it. I had no idea. Oh, another thing that he can do? Uh, he can watch Bruce Lee movies on Fast Forward and copy the moves exactly. So Bruce Lee, who is already one of the fastest fighters on the planet, can and watching it at Fast Forward, he can actually like perform all the moves. Like, basically, it has to be something that's feasibly obtainable within, say, somebody with Captain America's physiology. Yeah. You know, I will say... we've You and I have discussed Ultimate Spider-Man a couple times. Mm. This, the TV show. And how terrible it is, despite having one of the best film runners for comics. 
Paul Dini. Yeah, I know. I'm su- I was legitimately surprised when you told me that Paul Dini was actually behind the show. But I will give them credit. Taskmaster is handled really well. He always is written with this presence to him. Like, he's treated as one of the few people who's like an actual threat. Actually, I will give them credit. A lot of the villains are done at least decently. But Taskmaster, the first time he's brought onto the show, he's hired by Dr. Octavius to try to figure out Spider-Man's secret identity. Because extenuating circumstances happen. People know that Spider-Man is at least somewhat, somewhat familiar with Midtown High. So he goes in and poses as the gym teacher and sets up this obstacle course race to try to figure out who Spider-Man is. And that's when he starts to get his obsession with Spider-Man and starts to realize this kid has a lot of potential. And he has this rivalry with with him where it's almost like this Sonic and Eggman dynamic between them. He is... He's treated as the main villain for at least a season where Spider-Man is going around trying to recruit people to S.H.I.E.L.D. Like uh, the kid from the Savage Lands, uh, Cloak and Dagger. Oh, uh, Kazar. Kazar. Yeah, Kazar. Oh, he's a kid in this universe. Well, he's a teen, teen-ish, but... Okay, like he's just straight up blonde Tarzan in the... <laughs> Pretty much. In the comics. But I, I always respected that that they were always able to make Taskmaster cool. That, that's my point here. I was about to say, I did... I did remember you told me that uh, he he didn't suspect Peter Parker at first because mm-hmm. he didn't he was doing the wimpy act and he's just like oh no way that kid. What I personally think would have been better is if because Taskmaster he can uh, absorb tiny little uh, quirks and stuff. He's just like this kid's faking it. I gotta keep an eye on him. Hmm. Like that seems like I, I feel like that that would have made it a true. little better. But yes, uh, Taskmaster has a cool design with the skull, and it's just, his his design in the Black Widow movie just looks kind of bland. He looks like a Power Rangers villain. He doesn't look like... Oh, but I will give him this. So did Obi-Wan Kenobi. Oh, yeah. Birds of Prey. Birds of Prey, don't roll. AKA Harley Quinn and Friends. Harley Quinn and Friends, and not even the good Harley Quinn from Suicide Squad. This is the watered-down version. <laughs> I really hope that James Gunn's Suicide Squad movie makes that... <laughs> Fixes her character, mm-hmm. makes it makes it cool again. I, I honestly, I think James Gunn. It, that, that I know this is not what a Marvel's lineup, but I am excited for Suicide Squad two by James Gunn. So it's tangentially related because he specifically said he's going to do this movie first and then go back to Guardians three. And yeah, I will give him credit for that, respecting the contract and telling Disney you can wait. I yeah, exactly. Like I I signed a movie deal for them. I'm going to do their I'm going to do their movie and then I'm going to come back. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so basically I just, uh, as long as, as long as Taskmaster actually has legitimately good fights, if, if the fight choreography and from that one fight with her and I guess the blonde Black Widow, whose name I don't remember from the comics, I guess that's who that lady was supposed to be. Blonde Window, call her that. It's, it's like, it begins with a Y, like Yvonne something. All the Yvonnes are blonde. Yeah. <laughs> but as long as, like, that, I remember that fight scene in the, the fight choreography in that scene in the trailer actually looked decent. So I'm just saying, if the fight choreography is really good in this in this movie, I will accept it. I will accept Taskmaster's not good design. <laughs> because his entire thing is he copies fighting styles. He better have the best fight choreography of any villain ever. So, uh, any other thoughts on Black Widow? I think that's about it. Alright, Loki. That looks interesting. Yeah, that's true. I don't know what they're going to do with it. Are they going to, like, do, like, a multiverse thing? Because technically this is the Loki that escaped during the time heist in 
spoilers, the time heist in Endgame, where they went back to the Battle of New York and tried to get the Tesseract back, but then Loki stole it when they were trying to arrest him. And this is following that Loki, who supposedly died at the hands of Thanos, though. I thought that was just kind of a lame way for him to go out in... Yeah. I mean, it, it kind of fits his character, I guess. Yeah, they tried to his get him. His character arc. But I do love how basically Thanos pretty much looked at the uh, the camera and said, Huh, no resurrections this time. I heard theories on I heard theories online that this Loki is going to be the Loki who shows up at the end of Thor 2, and that our Loki actually died. Oh, so this is a separate character altogether. That That could be interesting. Yeah, that could be very interesting. So... He's the Loki that died in... So Thor, so Thor 2, we see Loki die, and then he stays dead, and then the new Loki that we see, who escaped from the Avengers timeline, he hears that Loki's dead and decides to step in in this opportunity and resume the timeline as if nothing happened. Ah, that does make an interesting theory, that he's the one pretending to be Odin, right? Mm-hmm. Ah, that does make a lot of sense, which is why he's a little more noble. Yeah. That. So it's not a... God, it's not a which McCall. It's not a continuity flub that he acts somewhat differently in Thor Ragnarok. It's actually a character growth that we get from this. That would be interesting. And the theory of the whole timeline thing is that, uh, oh hey, if Cap wasn't there, then how is he an old man there? And I, my theory is, and somebody else pointed this out, he might have been one of the pallbearers at uh, Peggy's funeral, and they just kept their marriage on the down low, because there was an older man who was one of the pallbearers at her funeral. You know, I'm going to be honest, I really wish that they had made Stan Lee play Old Man Steve, and the reveal that that's... that would have been such a nice touch. That could have been recorded before uh, his passing, though, mm -hmm. so all they had was that one bit in his set. I honestly, I, I will agree with you that the weakest Stan Lee cameo is in, uh, is in Endgame, though. Yeah. It's just him, like, woo, in the, in the, in the, in the car in the 70s, and... What I kind of wanted, and it would have been equally short, but I think just as powerful, because we already know that he's an informant for the Watchers from uh, Guardians of the Galaxy 2, mm -hmm. if he just was somehow in the background of the time portal room, and after they all went, he just kind of steps out from behind a box, salutes him, and says, Godspeed, heroes! I honestly think that would have been better. <laughs> it's Again, it's short and simple, and it's to the point. I honestly think that would work. Uh, dear... This is kind of coming out of nowhere. It's a side thing that relates to this. You remember I told you about that one Spider-Man, My Hero Academia crossover that like made me actually cry? Mm -hmm. It made me cry several times. One of the things they did, because this, this series was being released chapter by chapter, and around the same time that Stan Lee passed, they put out a chapter where Stan Lee is resurrected by the Soul Stone temporarily, and he spends an afternoon with Peter Parker. And it's really well written. I'd say this is better than most Marvel comics today. Yes. <laughs> that, yeah, that's a pretty low bar, I Yeah, know. I was about to say, that's a pretty low bar. Still, I just, I, I just remember reading that, and then Stan at the end of it, after having this nice, pleasant conversation with Peter, taking him out to lunch... So are we going, him... like, uh, 90s Spider-Man cartoon laws, like logic, where somebody told him that he's the creator from another dimension, or... Uh, like, no, this is just... This is just a Stan. Actually, in the in the chapter, I think he's even like reading a a knockoff Spider-Man comic. Oh, so he's just a guy. Okay. Yes, but he takes but he takes Peter to his grave at the very end, and then hands him the stone and has like a tearful goodbye. Oh. And it's just so sad. 
I know, like, the, it legitimately almost made me cry in the theater, but Stan Lee's cameo in Spider-Verse, because it was just so perfect, it happened just after he died, I almost cried in the theater. And it's just such a tearful, because Spider-Man was his favorite, he, he made no qualms about that. Mm-hmm. So definitely he had to make one awesome final cameo, and I'm glad that it was into the Spider-Verse, because technically this... Wait, did that come out before Endgame? I don't remember. Uh, I'm pretty sure it was after. It was after Endgame, I thought it was so. Yeah, so that is just a perfect send-off for him, in my opinion, so I'm glad that happened. So Loki is going to be like some sort of political thriller, because like, it looks like he's teaming up with some government-type guys. Mm-hmm. Like he's, he's joining some sort of organization, and it looks like he's going to be like, I guess, the Bureau from Hellboy? And like just looking at mystical stuff throughout the thing, because I know they're, they referenced the Ten Rings from the Mandarin. So he might actually show up, like like the real Mandarin, not That'd be cool. not the Trevor Slattery version from uh, from from uh, the Iron Man three. I think the actual Mandarin is going to show up, so that might be interesting. You got to understand. I still remember the Mandarin from Iron Man Armored Adventures, and that series had an amazing Mandarin. I'm just so sad that they butchered him in the movies. Well, like I said, that wasn't the real Mandarin, so exactly, but. I, I, my experience of the Mandarin is he's basically Thanos with a mafia behind him. That's true, he's human Thanos, and I, I like I said, I, I've never seen it, that's on my list, uh, Iron Man Armored Adventures, mm-hmm. but his armor design is awesome. I love that guy's armor design. It, the black with, it, he looks like, what, what, what's the, the black crystal Pokemon, uh, um, uh, Nihilus? Something like that. Let me look that up. I should know this. Uh, keep talking, I'm just going to Google this real quick. Yeah, yeah, sure. It's just, he, that is such a cool design, and uh, I think Loki would probably have a nice little thing if they made him more serious, like like you said, he's Thanos with a mob with a mafia tie-in. He just uh, was this organizer of a bunch of mystic and somewhat alien artifacts, and then he just goes to stop him. That would be pretty interesting. I think I'd like that show. I, I like how, like, we, we don't, again, this is kind of a, a uh, trend with all the Marvel trailers. We don't actually know what they're about. We just see cool stuff happening. Mm-hmm. And I think that's on purpose, like keeping it vague so we don't actually know what exactly it entails. But I like the idea that there's just a bunch of uh, mystical stuff and they're like, hey, we know you're a time anomaly, so how about you work for us and uh, we don't report you to whatever we report to. <laughs> Were you thinking of Necrozma? Necrozma, that's who I was thinking of. Yeah, yeah. His, his armor reminds me a lot of Necrozma. Makes sense, honestly, with all the like that. It's like a samurai armor, but it's all jagged and all black and yellow. Yeah, it's just like the crystalline part of it, and it, it just looks a lot like that. That's definitely mm-hmm. what it reminds me of. All right, anything else on Loki? Uh, not that I can think of. I'm looking forward to seeing more Tom Hiddleston. Oh, definitely. He's just got so much charisma, and I'm glad to see him back at the role. So, that's going to be a lot of fun. Shang-Chi, Master of Kung Fu. I know nothing. I know nothing about this character either. (laughs) And I just think that it's going to be like one of those old-school martial arts movies, and that could be cool. I know they're doing like one for Batman. I might have been released right now, but Batman Cult of the Dragon or something. Oh, right. The anime film. I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, I haven't either. It looked interesting, but uh, is it Kevin Conroy doing the voice? No, it's not Kevin Conroy, but but it's who's who's voicing 
Somebody's voicing uh, Black Tiger. It's the guy who... Vo uh, not Black Tiger. Uh, Bronze Tiger. Bronze Tiger. I got confused because the, the same voice actor not only played him... At, in Arrow, it's the same guy who played Bronze oh. Tiger in Arrow, but it's the voice of Black Dynamite, who is, that is a good show on Adult Swim, and I, I think it's hilarious. Basically, from what I saw from the trailer, he's a combination of those two characters, so I was excited okay. to see that. You know, the black exploitation awesome dude who just, like, has a bunch of one-liners and uh, a bunch of anime fight scenes, and Bronze Tiger, one of the greatest martial artists in DC canon. Isn't he better than Bruce Wayne? I believe, yeah, like, that was, like, a thing in, I think it was Batman Brave and the Bold, where they basically were about to fight, and it never shows you who actually won. Okay. He's either his equal or slightly better, because I do remember in the cage match in that same episode, he specifically had to cheat in order to win to get him on his side. Yeah, that that, that is, I think, something that is something that is up for debate. I know he was, like, the head of the 80s Suicide Squad, which is a comic series I'm currently huh. reading because I got a bunch of cheap versions of the Manalis, so I, I've been reading through them, and those are awesome, and I love them. But, yeah, he basically is similar to his animated version the from the uh, Suicide Squad Hell to Pay movie, where he basically is just more a, a more stoic... He's like Batman, but he kills, but not, like... He's like, I'd say, season three Arrow, where he'll kill, but he's not happy about it. That's that's a good assessment of his character. Yeah, so that's basically what what, what we got there. And that's why Shang-Chi exists. And that's why Shang-Chi... Like, how I was about to say, we didn't talk about Shang-Chi at all. We just... We're talking about stuff that was similar to him. I think that happened for a few of these. Like, we just go on... Falcon tangents. and Soldier. Yeah, it's a buddy cop movie. Let's talk about something else. Let's talk about buddy cop movies. Oh, jeez. But no, Shang-Chi, I guess if it was like a, a martial arts movie, it could be interesting. I'm not I'm not going to discredit anything. Yeah. Like, until I see a trailer, I think I'll... But, oh my goodness, we are going into the thing I was super excited about. Something that I've been wanting for a long, long time. We are going to What If. My goodness. Would you, would you like to start? Because I got a lot to say. I got a lot um, to say about this. Honestly, it just... I haven't seen much of the stuff where they talk about what they're going to do with What If. I know they're going to explore the one thing about what if the other half of the universe got explored. And I think I heard Marvel Zombies, too, right? Yeah, Marvel Zombies, I think, is going to be like tie into the Winter Soldier one somehow. Oh. Because it was that scene where he catches the shield in Winter Soldier and then caps the zombie. So I, I'm curious how that's going to work. Interesting. Is it going to be like every single episode explores a new concept, or is it going to be I, an I anthology? Think, from what I know, it's going to be yeah, it's going to be anthologies. Each one, each episode's a different universe. Okay. And I think what they're going to do, is, the basis is, each one is an MCU movie that they're discovering. Like, oh, okay. What if one tiny thing changed in each movie? It's specifically alternate universes branching off of the MCU. So are we going to have much of the original cast? Like, is Robert Downey Jr. coming back? I think Jeff Goldblum accidentally leaked that he is, in fact, part of the cast. Oh, cool. Because, yeah, Jeff Goldblum's character from Thor Ragnarok is definitely going to be in that. The Game Master, I think, is... What, what was it? The, um, the Game Master? Something like uh, that. Well, he's not Captain N. No, yeah, right, Captain N, the Game Master. No, Captain he's... Captain ah, what, what was his name? I know he's... The Collector is his brother, because they're both Eternals, I think it is. So the Collector's his brother, the the Dionisio del Toro uh, character from the end of Thor uh, Thor 2 and uh, Guardians 1. But the Grandmaster! Yep. The Grandmaster! Is, you said it right as right I was as you were, Right as you found it. It's not Game Master, it's Grandmaster. <laughs> 
I just thought games because, you know, the gladiator arenas. So, obviously, if Jeff Goldblum's there, that means the Grandmaster's going to be there. He accidentally confirmed Robert Downey Jr., so that's cool. Uh, there's going to be one version uh, that's interesting. This is the Captain America thing. What if uh, his body physically could not handle the super soldier serum, so instead they gave it to Peggy? Oh, right. I think I saw a promotion for that, right? Yeah. He's the Iron Patriot? Yeah, he's the Iron Patriot, exactly, because... Arnold Stark, because he wanted to fight still, gave him basically the Iron Monger suit, not necessarily the Iron Man, because his is much bulkier. Hmm. So it's just cool. Peggy, Captain America Peggy and <laughs> Steve Rogers in the Iron Monger suit taking down Nazis. That is look, gonna look like it's going to be an interesting episode. The one that I'm curious about, though, is this is unfortunately the final thing that, uh, that Chadwick Boseman recorded before his untimely passing. Uh, it's what if... Star-Lord was T'Challa. As in, what if T'Challa was taken away instead? Yes, by Yondu. Will he still have the same personality, or...? I don't know, because, like, that was a thing, because he basically said, You like the stars, don't you, boy? Oh, I've looked at them my entire life. I've always wanted to explore them. Oh, you're going to fit in just fine! <laughs> that, that, that happened in the trailer, so I'm like, So, does that mean he kidnapped him because... He knows that Quill was uh, Ego's dad, or are we just going to do like uh, like Guardians One logic, where we don't know that? It's a good question. Or are we going to do something even crazier? Igor is e Igor. Igor. <laughs> Igor. Raise the brain, Igor. No, Ego is actually T'Challa's father in this universe. Well, that would certainly legitimize Killmonger's. Vice yeah, that would definitely throne. make yeah him, him give him a more legitimate gripe for the throne. Oh, that means that Shuri would have to be the one who's training to fend off the other guy. I mean, I, I kind of think that's their plan. Like, just going forward, I think that's their plan, because unfortunately Chadwick Boseman passed away and we can't really do anything. I think that is what they're yeah. planning on doing, is making Shuri the new Black Panther, which there is comic... Uh, like, like that's what happens in the yeah. comics, too. So it's not like that's un like that's uh, unheard of. But it's just unfortunate that we didn't have more... Uh, more stuff with Mr. Bozeman because he was an excellent Black Panther. And he was. I just, it is unfortunate. I, 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 I don't want to say anything, but like, I do prefer the Black Panther from the Avengers cartoon, Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes. I, that's just what I grew up with, so I just like his personality there more. It's nothing against Chadwick Bozeman. It's nothing against his amazing portrayal of the character. I just, that is just... He's the more stoic. He's more stoic in the, in the cartoon. He's more, like, wise beyond his years than is, he is in... Is it fair to say that the least interesting character in the Black Panther movie was Black Panther? I mean, it's... Kind of? I kind of. Technically, in, like, say, Batman Returns, the, the second Tim Burton one... Yeah. That's basically the thing. The least interesting character in Batman Returns is Batman. Everybody yeah. else is far more interesting. So I I don't really think that's more like well, that's a bad thing to say. I mean that's just kind of the world it's it's built in. You know you got to make the antagonists and everything else interesting in order to make the hero overcoming it more palpable. That's yeah. why. I don't know. If, I have a couple problems with the Black Panther movie. Uh, I guess we're kind of getting off off track. Uh, anything else to say about what if? Uh, I really enjoy the concept because alternate universe. Uh, anything in alternate universes is one of my favorite tropes in science fiction and everything. So the fact that they're specifically using MCU divergence is very interesting to me. And the art style actually is really cool too. That cell shaded 3d look that kind of looks 2d. That's an interesting art style. And I think it should be used in more things. I hope there's no captain Marvel in this. <laughs> <laughs> 
Speaking of which, oh no! In the next segment, let's talk about Miss Marvel. Oh, Miss Marvel. Yep, 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 yep. yep. <laughs> oh no! Like we don't really know too much about this show, do we? Like I, I don't think not much. I was about to say we just got that picture of her at the whiteboard, and that's pretty much it, as I recall. Like just that thing at Super Bowl. We never actually got like it's basically just a glorified teaser. We don't even know what it's about, and. The problem with Miss Marvel as a character is that she's very inconsistently written throughout the comic books. True. It just depends on who's writing her at the time. So the fact that she doesn't really have a consistent personality isn't really uh, isn't really going to help with uh, adapting her for the screen. Though I did hear, I haven't played it myself, that her uh, role in the Avengers game that was on PS4, basically the one that's supposed to be like this super grinding mess that nobody liked mm -hmm. because you have to grind constantly in order to do anything. And the only playable character, as I recall, is Thor. Like, that's the only one that people actually enjoy playing. But uh, I did hear, however, that the story was good and that they liked what they did with their character. So maybe if they took inspiration from the game... And uh, maybe also added, like you said, the uh, fact that she's a super fan of... Yeah, exa exactly. I, I think her character is at her, at her best when they, when they talk about the fact that she is a fan fiction writer geeking out about meeting these people in real life. That's honestly when she's most entertaining. One of my all-time favorite moments with her is this, is this time in the comics where she first meets Wolverine. The first thing she tells him when she meets him... My Wolverine and Storm in Space fanfic was the third most upvoted story on the website last month. And and he's like dismissing it for a second. He's like, "Yep, yep, sounds great." But then he thinks about it. Wait, what was the what was the most upvoted? Uh Cyclops and Emma Frost's romantic vacation in Paris. This is the worst day of my life. <laughs> <laughs> The idea of Wolverine is genuinely upset that Scott out outvoted him. Like he is so bad. Oh, I, I was about to say I, I don't know if I've told you this, but uh, there was this event in Marvel Comics. Well, uh, we know the Secret Wars sequel. It, that was where basically Doom became God Emperor Doom, which is an awesome title. God Emperor Doom. He'd still lose to Emperor Joker. That is true. He would still lose to Emperor Joker. But uh, he basically created this entire patchwork realm called Battle Realm, all the different uh, multiverses into a single planet. And the 90s X-Men cartoon was there. Mm. And there was this entire thing, and it was a joke on censorship in 90s cartoons. It was entirely thing. It was, uh, I forget her name, the name of this character, but it's uh, the female clone of Professor Xavier in the comics. And uh, basically she's just evil because Xavier in the womb knew she was evil and tried to kill her. Joy. Dark. But no, in this version, she's just a female clone of Professor Xavier, currently possessed by the Shadow King, which is Storm's old enemy. Again, this mm. is if you've watched the 90s X-Men cartoon, you know about this. <laughs> but, uh... Basically, she tries to. She turns the few X Men that joined her side that she managed to convince with her psychic powers into like these PC versions of themselves, which is hilarious. It's an entire commentary about all the stuff they weren't allowed to get away with in the '90s TV show, and it's hilarious. And uh, she's trying, like later. It's hilarious what breaks him out of it, because there's this car wreck, and he's trying to get this lady out of it, and there's so much mangled metal, he can't really do anything with his regular strength, because he doesn't want to pop his claws, because huh. of the whole PC thing. And then she's just like, well, can you see if anybody's around? Like, Cyclops, shink! <laughs> like, the claws immediately come out the second she reaches Cyclops, that is hilarious. <laughs> You know my favorite joke about censorship in comics? is this old She-Hulk comic, back when She-Hulk was a good character. Oh, we will get to that crap, because I am not looking forward to that show. Okay, so 
Is that in our list? I don't think that's coming. I don't think this it's year. Co- I don't think it's coming this year, but it it was in the Super Bowl ad. Oh yeah. Okay. So there's this old She-Hulk comic where somebody asks her, "She-Hulk, how come the suits that you and the Hulk wear never rip and tear? Like, you know, you're going around being these huge monsters. How how does that work?" And she's like, "Oh, I just have a really good tailor." And then she then she pulls out the tag on the back of her suit. And it's labeled the Comics Code Authority. That's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's a good joke. That explains the magic pants. Sound. Like you just the, the purple pants that never seem to stretch or rip. Whatever. And he is, can still wear them underneath his normal clothes when he's Bruce Banner. That is that is pretty funny. Okay, yeah, that that's a good joke. That's that's She Hulk. I, I don't want to get into it, but that She Hulk series is gonna suck. <laughs> Yeah. That's just because of, like, the writer and just her behind-the-scenes antics that I won't get into here, but... Fair enough. But I just can tell this is not going to be a good show. But Miss Marvel has potential. I'm not saying that... I will never say that nothing has potential, except Batwoman. Batwoman is terrible. (laughs) CW's Batwoman is terrible. I will... Yep, you can quote me right now. That is terrible, and it always will be. (laughs) I am really glad that Supernatural ended when it did, because that was a really great show back in the day, and it was already starting to fault into those pitfalls of CW badness. Yeah, unfortunately the CW was not the show, uh, the, not the uh, channel that it used to be when it came to quality. But, uh, so yeah, Miss Marvel, I'd say if they kept certain aspects of the personality that are fan favorites, maybe possibly based on the, uh, the Avengers game, and I don't know if they have, like, the rights to certain characters, like if, gosh, who's left? <laughs> um... uh, I guess all the Disney Plus show characters. Uh, I don't know, is there's, like, a legal limbo for, like, Daredevil and Jessica Jones and stuff. I don't That's know. That's true. Technically, they're part of the MCU, but I don't know if they're part of it. Because I was just thinking of different heroes she could meet and go fangirl over and, like, team up with. Uh, well, obviously, we don't know about London Vision because we don't know what's going to happen at the end of their show. <laughs> That'd be so terrifying if the... I'm, I'm just imagining this scene where she sees Wanda and Vision... She's geeking out, asks for a picture with them, then, like, right before she takes the picture, the magic from Wanda wears off and Vision reverts to the husk. Oh, yeah, just, like, this this husk, like, of just wires and... And that's the picture she gets. (laughs) Just, like, the bullet-ridden husk with the giant hole in his forehead because the the mind stone is gone. Yeah. (laughs) That would be pretty... Oh, that would be awesome. But, yeah, okay, let's see. We got Doctor Strange. We've got She Who Should Not Be Mentioned. (laughs) Because unfortunately, we're going to have to mention her because she's named after her. <laughs> oh gosh, I'm I'm terrified of what they're going to end up doing. The theory is though that Br- Brie Larson's on her way out. Like that's the rumor. So I don't know what they're going to do with this. <laughs> but clearly, we have to bring her up at some point. Which how can she be a fangirl of Miss Marvel if she's barely done anything on Earth? Like if you really think about it, Captain Marvel, the only thing major thing she's done on Earth is something that was covered up in the '90s and. Fighting Thanos, which was nobody was there for. Yeah, <laughs> there was no cameras or anything. So how could she be a fangirl of Miss Mar- of, of Captain Marvel? It doesn't maybe, make sense. Maybe she accidentally finds her way to a sword or something, and they're like, "Oh, hey, there's this random moniker that we didn't have to use. Here, go ahead, go nuts. I don't care." Miss Marvel, take it. <laughs> Although theoretically, I think because this kind of goes back to Wandavision, uh, the character Monica Rambeau who in it, who was just a kid in Captain Marvel's movie. Uh, I feel like the reason that she gets her powers, and they already mentioned this in the last episode of WandaVision, that uh, constantly going through the hex in and out again is changing her molecular structure, so she might have the same powers as she did in the comics, where she could, like, turn her body into hard light and all this other stuff. You know, I I will say, while, while we're on the subject of Captain Marvel, 
I kind of think her character in the comics was better written when she was Miss Marvel. Far better. Like, and I, I'm not just talking about the costume, you know. Just, yeah, but, I was about to say, like, like I know if people make that argument, oh, fan service, that's the only reason you like No, she was genuinely better written back then. I seem to remember there being a, a thing from the, what was it, the new Avengers when Luke Cage is leading the team. Uh, Miss Marvel was a member, and I don't remember what the context was, but she needed to borrow the phone of a random civilian who was there, and she she ran up ran up to him. She's like, "Hey, I'm sorry. I really I really need this phone. We will get it back to you if if it's destroyed. I apologize. We will find a way to replace it." Like I could not see new Carol Danvers. I could that. not. I don't think she gives she a crap about. She just walk over, it. punch him in the face. Yeah, probably punch the, the guy, grab the phone, and destroy it herself afterwards. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like I was about to say, like she's not even like a Rick Sanchez for Rick and Morty type of jerk who we who we root for. She's just a she's apathetic towards humans. She just doesn't seem to be, which is ironic because she's supposed to be human, and that was supposed to be the lesson she learned in her movie. But literally, the opposite happens. She becomes this god who doesn't care. You're not wrong. <laughs> She's literally learning the exact opposite lesson she's supposed to be learning. <laughs> okay, we should probably move on. Right, uh, so uh, Miss Marvel, should they actually go with the fanfiction writer approach who geeks out at heroes, could be a good show. But we are... Oh, goodness, we're going into Hawkeye. Oh, wait, there's one more thing wait, before Hawkeye. There is one more thing? Eternals. Oh, the Eternals. I know nothing I about I know Eternals. absolutely nothing about this either, other than uh, somehow uh, Salma Hayek is going to be playing a character in it. I don't know who that is. Uh, the You ever seen Grown Ups? Nope. Okay, basically she's in a lot of Anna Sandler movies. She's a Hispanic woman. Oh, she's... She, no, she, she she's voiced something. She's voiced a character you would know, and it's not coming to me. But, yeah, basically, the Eternals, from what I recall... This might be like an uh, an origin prequel type movie of the entirety of the MCU, because the Eternals are the before. They are before everything. Even Galactus. Yeah, I think Galactus was an Eternal, as oh. I recall. Or no, he or he might have been a cosmic leftover from the previous unit, something like that. It it like it does tie in. The Eternals do tie into his backstory, but actually in. Specifically, the miniseries Earth X, the Eternals are responsible for having uh, for having superpowers in the first place. That's just solely for that. Basically, what they did is how they explain how superheroes exist. Superheroes are basically the antibodies fighting off infections for planet Earth because what's growing inside of it is a celestial. Oh, yes, that's the reason we have superpowers to def uh, superheroes defending the Earth is because they are protecting Earth as an egg, as the like the biological defense system as the egg grows inside. Unfortunately, what they don't realize is, once that egg hatches, we're all dead. <laughs> that was what I was going to say next, actually. That's the obvious question. Yes, but that is basically what they found out, that yes, once that thing hatches, we are dead. And basically what happens is, it's kind of interesting, because Gal it gives a new context for Galactus. Galactus is not the destroyer of worlds. He's stopping the celestial plague from destroying planets. That is an interesting new context that was never brought up. I don't know if they're going to use this storyline. They're probably not. Probably not. <laughs> but that's the only, the main Eternals thing that I know of. I wonder if we're going to get a reference to Galactus's teenage daughter if we get... Oh, not Galactica. <laughs> oh, not Galactica. I never actually read this stuff. I haven't I either. I just exists. know it exists. And I know it's shameful. <laughs> that sounds like the premise of an anime, honestly. It does. Honestly, I I'm, would watch that. I'm, I'm pretty sure it is 
like that's what they were going for. Like because the definitely there is definitely manga inspirations from the comic. I've just seen the screenshots. Well, I would definitely watch that anime. Uh, high school romance, except your lead is the child of a destroyer of worlds. Exactly. <laughs> that's gonna be the weirdest meet the in laws day for whoever gets up dating her. Hello, I am a gigantic, basically ball of because. Cl- you know what? The stupid the stupidity of the second Fantastic Four movie of him being a cloud actually relates to the comics because he's supposed to look like whatever species he's invading. When he invaded the Skrull planet and destroyed the original Skrull planet, he looked like a Skrull. That's why he looks like a big purple dude in uh, when he comes to Earth. So technically he is a giant space cloud, unfortunately. It's just that... He should have turned into a person when he got to Earth, and he just never did. So I just, I, I, I like the idea of that. Is just like, yeah, I only look like a 50-foot-tall dude in a purple spandex when I'm around people like you. <laughs> so, like, what if Again, his daughter Again, I would watch is this, this anime. I, I wonder if his daughter is the same way. Just like, he looks like the attractive teenage version of whatever. <laughs> looks like the attractive teenage version of whatever species of whatever planet she's on. She's still a cloud. And she's still a cloud creature. <laughs> that would be funny. Uh, if there, if there's any manga cause watching this podcast right now, please take the, take our advice. Yes. Make, uh, just strike up a deal with Marvel or if not, just call him Schmanactus. <laughs> just like, Schmanactus. <laughs> just make him obviously Galactus, but not Galactus. Depending on how satirical this whole show is, we can just call him not Galactus. Yeah, just not Galactus. Have him have like a, have like a little had a, a post-it note on his shirt. Hi, my name is... And then have Galactus crossed off. Uh, Dave. My I name think. is Dave. <laughs> Dave, <laughs> destroyer of worlds. <laughs> I am... Ga- uh, uh, Gary. I yes. am Gary, destroyer of worlds. <laughs> uh, uh, every time we have conversations, it just dissolves. It just devolves into stuff like this. We've been talking for an hour. I was about to say we've been talking for an hour. We are going to clearly edit this down for when the podcast actually gets posted. But like, my, maybe I don't know. Possibly, yes. But my goodness gracious, gravy! And I don't even. I think maybe twenty five percent of it has been talking about the actual shows. I was about to say none of this has actually been about what we were supposed to be talking about. It's just stuff tangentially related to the <laughs> stuff we were talking about, and that just happens every time you and I talk. Exactly. I mean, I think it, hopefully it's entertaining for the people listening to it. <laughs> As of right now, the last podcast has been up for a month and it's got about 29 views, so maybe not? I don't know. Oh, no. Yeah, that's, that's I not... blame the algorithm. Uh, the algorithm. Yeah, the algorithm. Yeah, we'll go yeah, with that. We'll blame the algorithm. Okay, blame the algorithm. We, we are perfect. Nothing's wrong. We are we're completely wrong. perfect beings. We have ascended. We are not... <laughs> But no. Okay. Why is your idea of a perfect being Tim Curry? Why is your idea of a perfect being not Tim Curry? <laughs> I'm so cool that I got to play Palpatine, and I don't even sound like him at all. I know. <laughs> Actually, his like Sith Lord voice was okay. Like I, I kind of like the Sith Lord voice that he uses when he's in disguise. But regular Palpatine is just straight up Tim Curry. <laughs> oh, oh, speaking of Disney Plus, this actually tangentially relates. Tangentially I, relates. I yep. kind of want to see the Bad Batch show that's coming up. That's going to oh, yeah. be a continuation. Tarkin. Uh, uh, yeah, Tarkin. Uh, so my question is, are they evil? Did or did the mutation in their thing that created the Bad Batch of clones actually overwrite the Order sixty six? Ah, only the godfather, Dave Filoni, knows for sure. Yeah, that's true. He has to release the show first. Give them credit. The guy who plays Tarkin and has been voicing him since, I think, 2013 
It's the guy they got to voice him in the audiobook for of the Tarkin novel that was released about a decade ago. So for the people who knew that the Tarkin book existed, it's like him literally stepping off the page. And if you can't get the original actor, that's that's the next best thing. Well, yeah, because he's not with us anymore. Long gone. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, so that's interesting. Uh, Disney Plus has a lot of interesting Star Wars stuff headed out. Uh, the Ahsoka show looks cool. Rangers of the New Republic, though, with the whole Gina Carano thing. I don't know exactly what's going to go on with that. I'm still looking forward to Book of Boba Fett. Book of Boba Fett looks cool, too. I think that's definitely a, as a continuation of uh, Mandalorian, for sure. It looks very interesting. And uh, I guess the X-Wing, the Patty Jenkins movie, X-Wing Commanders, that looks pretty cool. Uh Unfortunately, it's like, it's X-Wing Squadron, which uh, is a comic series, it's based on the comic series, and I've yep. told you that I have the entirety of that because of, again, Ollie's mm -hmm. great if you're, into, if you're into comics and don't want to spend a lot of money. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I, 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 I do have the entire X-Wing series in trade paperback, and uh, I'm just nervous because every time, and this is just like the nature of Hollywood adaptations, they change stuff, and I really like the characters in X-Wing Squadron, so I'm nervous because they're going to change the characters that I liked reading about. But Patty Jenkins, aside from Wonder Woman 1984, has a really good track record. I haven't seen it, actually. Was it was it really that bad? Uh, picture a female Superman Returns with a little bit of Iron Man 3 sprinkled in. Yep. <laughs> and then just, like, this weird plot about a monkey's paw. A monkey's paw, okay. Yeah, that's basically just, like, the, the main thing. Except, here's the thing. Nobody makes an unselfish wish in the entirety of the movie. I won't spoil anything, but... Okay. Not a single person makes an unselfish wish the entire time. And, uh, again, not that you'd really want Batman v Superman to make more sense in context, but the ending of this movie really makes it not make sense that she's been hiding away this all this time. I mean, it didn't make sense the first time they did it. Yeah, I mean, like, at least when she goes into hiding in World War One, at least enough time has passed. That's, like, the 1800s. Mm -hmm. So, like, at least enough time has passed for people to forget. But, well, uh, but uh, Maxwell Lord is legitimately entertaining, though. I will give him that. It's like Nick Cage. He is Nick Caging his way the entire movie. Wasn't he played by the Mandalorian? Was it Pedro Pascal? I, I heard people keep saying his name with this movie. I didn't know that. Ba basically, well, all I'm saying is that he's basically Nicolas Caging his way through the entire movie, and he's the most entertaining thing. So yes, that's Star Wars. Uh, that's a that's a bonus. That's what's coming up for Star Wars on Disney Plus that we discussed our feelings on. I mean, I don't really know if I want the uh, the guy who built the Death Star to get his own series. You know, the guy from Rogue One. Really? Yeah, he's getting his Andor. I think is yeah, he's getting his own series. I mean, oh oh no, he didn't build the Death Star. He I thought that was the guy who built the Death Star. Cassian Andor? Yeah. No, that that, that was Galen Erso. Ca Cassian is the main guy. Now this fight is real for you. I've been in it for since I was... Oh, that, yeah, guy. that guy! I thought that... Okay, Even K2SO. That's me... Oh, yay! K2SO! He's the best droid in Star Wars. I know, I love K2SO. Never mind, I'm, a, I'm completely on board with this show now. Jin, I want you to know that I will be there for you. Cassian, Cassian said, said I, I had to. to. <laughs> I was about to say he is the best. Oh, uh, uh, his his model is in is in the uh, Jedi Fallen Order game. You fight Ooh. you fight battle droids. Is his exact model. They have female voices though. Aww. I was about to say if they if they had gotten the guy's voice to, to voice it because I know the other droids with his of his make and model had his voice because that's just like the thing. It's just unfortunate they didn't get that guy back because that would have been funnier. They do do the they do specifically do stop resisting. <laughs> 
because that's part of the thing. If you don't avoid their attacks, they just grab you by the throat. Stop resisting, throw. <laughs> so, like, at least they acknowledge the line. It's yeah. just that... So, yes, uh, brief interlude to the Disney Plus Star Wars canon. That now, let's, we... now let's wrap this up with let's... Hawkeye. Hawkeye. If they focus solely on... Uh, unfortunately, they're not going to focus solely on Clint Barton, which would have been interesting. They are instead... and. It's, it's Kate Bishop, but it's not his daughter. I don't think his daughter is the person he's training. I think Kate Bishop is a completely different character because it's not the same actress. Because I, I saw the thing. That's not the same actress. She does look like Kate Bishop from the comics, but I have the same problem that I kind of have with Miss Marvel and Captain Marvel. The character in the comics is not a good person. <laughs> I know nothing about Kate Bishop. I'm not going to lie. Okay, picture the... Uh, spoiled brat Richie... Ri the, the, the richest spoiled brat you can think of. Give her a bow and arrow, and make her right all the time, even when she's wrong. <laughs> That's this <Okay>. character. <laughs> oh, boy. Okay, so we're getting into CW territory. Yeah, we are getting into CW territory. Hopefully, hopefully, if they actually improve this woman's character, and they actually focus on, like, the, the like, do, like, an Obi-Wan Anakin thing with her and uh, Hawkeye, because he's barely a presence in the comics, and when they do, it's just basically to make him... To inject him with as much soy milk as possible. <laughs> oh, joy. Oh, joy. Oh, yes, yes, Hawkeye is an absolute... He's a bigger joke than he was before. <laughs> and... Is it hearing impaired now or something? Well, that actually, that was a good story. I'm not going to diss that one. This is, like, bef right before Kate Bishop took over. Oh. So, yeah. And it wouldn't make... It would kind of make sense that he's hearing impaired if you were stabbed through both ears with an arrow shaft. <laughs> That was a crazy story, and I, I heard it was legitimately well written. I haven't, I haven't read it myself, but I've read uh, the Arching Avenger uh, trade paperback again. Ollie's. <laughs> I know this has become a, a shameless plug for Ollie's. This video was sponsored by Ollie's. Go to ollies.com/fandom to get ten percent off your next order. They don't even have online orders. It's Ollie's. It's a bargain outlet. Exactly. <laughs> they don't even have online orders. That's great. Uh, but. What was I saying? Oh yeah, that uh, that the Hawkeye of Arching Avenger, like they they did a lot of good stuff with him. So I he he's a good character, and he he could be explored so much more because the movies haven't really done that, and this could possibly be our in to figuring out his past, to figure out even like the basic stuff. Like we know that he went spoilers for those who haven't seen Endgame. It's a two-year-old movie, but somehow you haven't seen it yet. Uh, he basically goes on a killing spree as Ronan, and uh, the theory is we're going to get flashbacks to that. And uh, I would rather watch that show, honestly, Ronan. Yeah, I, I would have preferred that, too, but you know, we have to continue on and get all the current Marvel Comics characters into the MCU. Yeah, I mean, it kind of makes sense on the one hand, Jeremy Renner isn't... Yeah, he's not going to do this forever. Exactly. Which is unfortunate. I'd, I'd kind of like to watch a show that focuses on the Iron Man family now that Tony's out of it. Like, maybe his daughter, ten years down the line, becomes the Ironheart. And oh, that was the plan, and then people were mad. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah, because of the five fans of Riri Williams out there. Not not to not to try to shame the the idea of diversity. It's just we need we want diverse characters who are well written. Exactly, and Riri Williams, actually, she is now like whoever whoever took her over is actually like doing a decent job because in in her original in her original thing she is just not well. She straight up stole the Iron Man armor. Like that's just 
And there's a way you could do that. That's Batman Beyond's premise. Yeah, that's Batman Beyond's premise. But it was just in, done in such a smug and self-entitled way. She basically becomes a cyber-terrorist later in the show. And it's just... It bat, like, well, I mean, Captain Marvel is a genocidal maniac, and she's supposedly the best hero in Marvel right now. So Yeah, so good that she doesn't even feel anything when she's hit by the penance stare. Oh, yes, the penance stare! Do not even get me started on that stupidity. I am just tired of being penanced. Oh, yes, I'm so tired of being penanced, even though I feel no remorse for the thousands of people I've killed. And also the concentration camps I've Oh, yeah, the concentration camps from Civil War II. Let's not forget about those, locking people up without trial, and basically uh, a killing war machine. Killing Tony Stark, because the one running around right now is a clone. He's not the real Tony. She oh, actually but killed Tony. her. Oh, yeah, the clone somehow forgave her, just because I guess he's sauced up 24-7, because... <laughs> I would pay a million dollars to watch an Iron Man movie where Iron Man is high the entire time. <laughs> just, like, drunk or high. Just Robert drunk. Downey Jr. smoking weed. So what if I use my repulsor beam on a crystal? <laughs> you think it would send it, like, thousands of places at once? Whoa. <laughs> What were we talking about? Oh, yeah, I Hawkeye. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, the Hawkeye show. Okay, basically, if, uh, my, my opinion is, if they focus on, like, the relationship between uh, him and Kate, Kate, and, like, we do, like, a student-teacher thing, and she actually respects him, <laughs> unlike in the comics. Well, maybe she disses him at first and then learns to respect him. Kind of like what they did that. in season one of, like, Stargirl, because that's yeah. basically... Again, this is before... Actually, this is before CW got into grubby hands on it, but season one of Stargirl was actually... It was shaky at the first, and then it became really good near, near the end, and, like, the ending was, like, legitimately really good. Unfortunately, it becomes a full-on CW show next season, so... Joy to, joy the, world. to the world. Unfortunately. I watched most of the first season of Supergirl without problems. Yeah, I mean... There was dumbness, and that's just more like the writing. Yeah, like it's the writing was not just, very well written. It's not well written exactly. It's just like basic plot stuff that you don't really. That okay, I was about to say it's nowhere near as bad as Batwoman mm -hmm. because Batwoman doesn't even have scene to scene continuity, much less episode to episode. <laughs> I have not seen the newer episodes of Supergirl, but I can tell you it's it's about a seventy five percent continuity from episode to episode in the first season. Oh, that's... Oh, I can only imagine how much worse it's getting. Yeah. I haven't even seen it. I've... I have pained myself to watch Batwoman because... I don't know. I guess that's just what I decided to do with my life. Let me think. I... With the... As far as the Arrowverse goes, I, w I was fine on the first, I think, six years of Arrow, and then I kind of faded off. I did the same thing with the second season of... No, third season of Legends of Tomorrow. I haven't watched th season three. I wa I've, I've seen first I've, two. Yeah, I saw the first couple episodes of season three, and I was like, eh, this isn't really interesting anymore. Which is a shame, because they have the best concept. Exactly. The, my biggest problem with Legends of Tomorrow, aside from the fact that Sarah Lance has no personality, but... Right I was about to say, she had personality in Arrow, but I just, I guess, they assumed that it would carry over without people watching... Yeah, she 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 doesn't do much. She's just there to romance uh, romance people and get drunk. That's all she does. But uh, uh what was I gonna? Oh yeah, the Adam. 
I I I find his presence highly annoying now because he he serves no purpose. When they bring him in with his suit, all he does is just punch people. Like they they you can't even shrink down. Exactly. They they did a bunch of cool shrinking scenes in the first season, and then they just stopped. I was about to say I remember that no budget, no budget. Oh, they no. lost the bu- that that explains a lot actually. Yeah. I was about to say, you can't even do, like, the, 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 the 1970s trick of filming him on a separate set and then just making it look smaller. That can't be too expensive. YouTubers can do that. It'll look like crap, but... They'll do it. Yeah, they'll do it. They, they just decided they'd rather not try anymore. Again, Batwoman is a perfect example. This is somehow getting a third season, despite the fact that the current episode that I, I was actually just telling him about this just now, yeah. that they have the lowest record low, like less than 400,000 people are watching this, yet somehow it's getting a second season. And the third. I, I mean, oh, sorry, it is, it's on the second season is what I meant to say. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's, yeah, it's getting a third season. <laughs> it, it boggles my mind that... Again, uh, again, I told him this just like right before we were recording. I told him this that we that uh, if C- CW just wanted to cut out the middleman and not air the show, all they have to do is draw out a bunch of money from their bank account, walk into an open field, get some gasoline, <laughs> <laughs> and we'll have the scene like the Joker in The Dark Knight. It's not about the money; it's about sending a message, and the message is that people will watch literally anything. <laughs> It's it's scary how accurate that is. <laughs> and that's why we like Hawkeye. Yes, that's right. Yeah, Hawkeye, that's what we were talking about. Well, it's at least going to be better than CW. Yeah, it's going to be... I, I will give it that. The MCU writers are more talented, except for maybe the one doing She-Hulk. I don't... I will not get into that, but... I had my problems with the Netflix MCU... But they had some really good storytelling. Yeah, I was there. about to say. I heard. I I've yet to watch Daredevil season three. I know. Ooh. I know. I know. It was the best one. It was the best one. I know. I, I just have words. I was about to say. I know it was the best season according to me- many people, and I just haven't seen. I know it's basically just almost a straight up adaptation of Frank Miller's Daredevil Reborn, and it's just awesome. I heard it was awesome, and I still need to see it. It's just, it's on my list. It's one of on the many things that I need to watch. <laughs> my Hero Academia, Season 3 of Daredevil, uh, Death Note, a bunch of other anime you've told me about. <sighs> uh, what else? Uh, She-Hulk, but I'm not getting into that. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> Which um, is a shame, because I love the character of She-Hulk pre-current year Marvel. <laughs> exactly. Because she was an interesting character, and not only was she a superhero, she was a lawyer. And if they had just done a goofy courtroom drama of her bringing in supervillains and doing like a uh, Harvey Birdman attorney at law type thing with supervillains, that would have been awesome. I don't think that's what this show is going to be, unfortunately. I don't understand why they've done the thing in the recent comics where they've just decided to make her more like the original Hulk. I was about to say, like, if you've seen, like, if, if like, literally, it just was just released in, in She-Hulk comics. It literally is Bruce Banner's Hulk with a ponytail and, like, a purple Wonder Woman t-shirt. She looks exactly like Hulk, with just with a ponytail. That's it. Exactly. Like, if I wanted a Bruce Banner story, I'd read a Bruce Banner story. Why do you have to rewrite Jennifer? I know! The whole point of her character is that she retained all her faculties when she was in Hulk form. The only... The, the, the whole thing about Bruce Banner is that he is supposed to be special in that he developed a second personality because of his childhood trauma. And that's why all the other ones still retain their normal personality and just become slightly more confident in their capabilities. Yeah, exactly what... Oh, I mean, uh, Red Hulk was... 
evil. Yeah, and he, but he's still General Ross. Well, that's true. Underneath. It was more like obsession and stuff that drove him mad, and that was just exemplified to the nth degree when he transforms into Red Hulk. As a matter of fact, I'm pretty sure it was like a mystery who Red Hulk was for the longest time. But that that's rather unfortunate that, unfortunately, that's what they're doing with Jen, even though she has no trauma to speak of. Well, I mean, she's been through some stuff, like, through yeah, her adventures. But it's but... not like childhood trauma that developed into a split persona, though. Exactly. Like, basically, She-Hulk is just supposed to be the more confident version of Jen, which is why she honestly remains in that form for the longer time. And that's actually where the interesting stuff happened, that she preferred being She-Hulk to uh, Jen, and that's where the interesting stuff, she learned to love herself. And that was just, like, a huge arc that happened, and I really enjoy Again, that this is why she was such a good character, instead of just making her female Bruce Banner. Well, also that, and she was Deadpool before Deadpool yeah, was even she invented. she was Deadpool before Deadpool. And I'm pretty sure even in the recent comics, they actually... Uh, they take, address that. They address that, and he's just like, "Yeah, you were dead. You were me before me." And then she's just like, "No, I don't care. I just want to be female Bruce Banner because objectification or something. I don't know. It doesn't make sense." <laughs> and again, the, I'm not gonna get into the whole political debate or anything. It's just, it's just not good storytelling. Like again, it's I don't care if politics are included in stories as long as the story is good is is well told and is not like beating you over the head with its message. That's when I get annoyed. It doesn't matter what like side of the political spectrum or me or moral or ethical spectrum it is. As if you don't hammer the point in every five seconds, I will be more invested in the story. Yeah, like that was my problem with Last Jedi. I mean, the the Star Wars prequels had a lot of politics in it, but that was all meant to forward the plot. Last Jedi pauses the whole plot for about half an hour and says, "Hey, let's talk about capitalism." Yeah, capitalism bad. <laughs> I was about to say, like, we kind of got, like, a subtle version of that in the prequels, so that's not really, like... Well, that wasn't really capitalism as bad, it was more just, uh, the government is corrupt. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, I guess that that's more accurate, but yeah. And again, it's just stuff that was interesting. Like, even the Clone Wars uh, did that more, the one episode where she was escorting the, uh, the children uh, that was like the final season before the awesome finale of the Clone Wars because again if we're talking about Disney Plus stuff that they did right they did that they did that right <laughs> my goodness but uh, yeah the, the the fact that people don't trust the Jedi is just like subtly written in there because they you know they take kids well, obviously the, the reason they take kids so young is because that uh, they don't want them to form emotional attachments and thus uh like, the reason that the Jedi Code is so strict is because there'd be thousands of Sith Lords running around using their powers for, for evil. Now, interestingly, in Luke's Jedi Order, in the Legends canon, people today like to call him, like, a Gary Stew for some bizarre reason. Which makes no sense, because he's lost most fights he's been in. The, th the thing about Luke's Jedi Order, his, his philosophy was, as long as you can learn to let go, no relationship is forbidden so a lot of the people on his council were all married not to each other but but like uh Jaina solo han's daughter who is who is called the mace windu of her era she has a whole family and a bloodline that lasts to the legacy era Which so it's luke i was about to say ben solo technically uh I guess, his name wasn't Ben, it was J Janus? Uh, Jaden. Jaden. Jaden Solo. Jaden Solo. Yeah, he's basically the Ben Solo equivalent uh, in, in the extended universe, and I know he turns to the dark side. He had a much more interesting character arc, honestly. I was about to say, I've read the first novel with them in it. I read the one where uh, they were on Yavin 4, and Luke was basically just starting their Jedi thing, and then there was the Crash TIE Fighter. 
Yeah. I read that novel. And uh, I did I did tweak the uh, the ending because I thought the ending like they just gave him warp drive and he just flew away and I'm like oh that's kind of anticlimactic. <laughs> I remember because it was like for a class I had to read it and like I just picked something and I picked that one and uh, the ending I wrote was a little darker. Basically, I had the idea that he was going to use the warp drive to basically kamikaze himself into the Jedi <laughs> into the Jedi <laughs> Temple and then. Only a combination of the entirety of the Force users and the tractor beam from the Millennium Falcon is the thing that prevented him from crashing, and that it ended up exploding in, in the middle. Interesting. I was about to say, because, like, obviously this tractor beam from the Falcon enough wouldn't be enough, so, like, probably every Jedi in the temple also pushing back would probably cause this, so, like, I think that's a better ending. To... Interesting, yeah, I'll give you that. That's a more, okay, that's the more Hollywood ending, let me say. Fair. That's probably because this was before I cared, like, about subtleties and complexities of uh, storytelling. And I, I appreciate it more for what it is now that I'm older. And it was, like, middle school when I read that, so. Oh, my God, we've been talking for an hour 20. Oh, my goodness. And uh, I'd uh, say about only 25% of that was actually related to what we were actually doing the thing about. We're probably going to have to put a disclaimer in the description. <laughs> I wonder what I'm going to name this podcast now. Um, Disney Plus talking and other stuff that we end up tangentially relating to it. <laughs> uh, Disney, MHA, Umbrellas, and Jedi. Okay. Maybe, I don't know. <laughs> we should probably put maybe, I don't know, on the thumbnail, too. <laughs> Just like as a joke. Maybe, I don't know. <laughs> Just, we talk about stuff. <laughs> There's a lot of stuff we talk about. <laughs> I don't even know how to wrap this up, honestly. This is... Um, I guess we technically covered everything we said we were going to talk about. Yeah, we technically did. Uh, watch WandaVision and... Uh, Not much else. Uh, what If looks interesting. Watch that. Watch Loki as well. Walking also looks cool. And uh, a lot of the stuff that Star Wars is going to be coming up with as well. I know we did a little bonus stuff on that as well. You can watch Falcon Soldier if you're drunk enough, I guess. I mean, I, I, I'm still going to okay, watch it. Okay, it's probably going to be fine. I was about to say, it's probably going to be okay. It's probably going to be serviceable fine. Uh, I guess, I'm not, I'm, saying, I'm not saying don't watch Hawkeye or Miss Marvel, but like, I, I guess just like, uh, keep, keep an eye on the reviews and just like stuff that... I, I don't, I'm not sure, like, just how it's... I, I'm not going to say anything is just going to outright suck, except for the She-Hulk show. That's going to be bad. <laughs> just because... Just because of the behind-the-scenes stuff. <laughs> that is solely because of that. Like, that is the only reason I'm saying this. I I could be wrong, and I will wa happily admit if I'm wrong. <laughs> but... All right. Okay. So, uh, thank you guys for listening, and we will see you in the next one. Peace out. Excelsior.